finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, it's been six days since the election, uh, and they're still looking for, uh, they're still finding votes in Arizona and Nevada and California, and uh, everybody's wondering, who do we blame for the lack of a red wave? Is it Trump's fault? Is it Mitch McConnell's fault? Is it uh, the election laws, which the... uh, Democrats have mastered and the Republicans have not. Well, I'd like to keep it simple. Let's blame everybody. Blame them all. That's what we're doing today. I will explain to you why uh, it didn't turn out the way we had hoped. And I'll explain to you how they're about to screw my girl, Carrie Lake. She's actually going to lose this or they're going to take it from her just like they did in Nevada. Um, But hey, you know, they know what they're doing, man. They know they know the rules, the laws. They made those laws, and they're going to take advantage of them. Uh, we will break it all down. We got a feud. I would say a heavyweight fight, but uh, Ed Markey's involved. Ed Markey versus Elon Musk. Musk is finding out what it's like to have a battle of wits with an unarmed man, and Markey's threatening to use the power of the federal government. The media is rooting hard for their guy, Ed Markey. Dave Chappelle made his appearance on uh, Saturday Night Live. It was underwhelming, to say the least, a bizarre um, a bizarre rant about uh, Jews in Hollywood. Um, not a lot of laughs from Chappelle. We get some of the uh, highlights from that. Uh, we got our answer on why Giselle and Tom have uh, gone their separate ways. It's the jiu-jitsu instructor. We have the uh, third man in in the uh, Tom and Giselle split. Uh, Tom had a good Sunday, Sunday morning in Germany. That was a hell of a game and another wild weekend in the NFL. Uh, The game, I'm going to just go ahead and say the game, the best game ever, the best NFL football game ever played in Buffalo. And uh, my man, Josh Allen gave it away, man. What a game. What a, what a performance by, uh, the Vikings and Justin Jefferson, the best player in the NFL. We'll get, we'll get into that and lots more on today's Callahan show brought to you by Omaha steaks. Well, the holidays are right around the corner, but until then let's enjoy this fall air. And that means fall grilling with cookouts, tailgate parties, and so much more. Luckily the flavor experts at Omaha steaks have made it easy to savor all the flavors of fall with their mouthwatering assortment of perfectly aged steaks, ultra juicy burgers, and easy to prepare comfort foods that are ready in a flash. Now is the perfect time to load up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their friends and family sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code Jerry at checkout to get an extra 30% off your order. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and stock up today. 
I got my, I got my assortment. I love these burgers. I'm a burger expert and these are the best burgers. Omaha steaks. They're not just steak. It's the best steak of your life. Guaranteed and best burger too. And don't forget to score that extra $30 off your order when you use code word Jerry. Omaha Steaks is perfect for those chilly and busy fall nights. You won't come close to getting this kind of quality at the grocery store. Visit omahasteaks.com, promo code Jerry at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, uh, in uh, Indonesia. He just uh, gave a little speech, took four questions from uh from the the reporters on his little list, they give him the card. He's he actually they have to tell him he's not supposed to say, "I got a list of reporters they gave me and told me to call on." Who is they? Next time you do that, Joe, tell us who they are, and uh, we don't have uh, the complete rundown on what he and President G discussed in their three hour meeting. I'll just say this: if if I had a uh, close family member who died of fentanyl poisoning or of COVID, I would want to know why the U S president has a, has first chance to sit down with the president of China and doesn't ask about the China virus or about the uh, fentanyl that they're sending into our country to kill our young people. Those would be top of the list, top of mind to quote Jean, uh, Jean Pierre, uh, Karine Jean Pierre. Uh, as far as I know, those topics didn't come up. You know what did come up? The president in on the international stage in this big, big summit, whatever you call it, in Indonesia, and he was talking about election deniers. What the hell? I mean that that is not appropriate. And he was, and he sounded as uh, as tired and old and empty and weak and frail as ever. Uh, do we have him when he uh, when he was in? Uh, Cambodia. It's always good to have the president go overseas in front of the whole world and forget where he is. Uh, only Joe Biden could do this. And, and uh, I guess we could expect nothing else from our empty husk of a president. Let's listen when he uh, showed up in uh, Cambodia the other day. And now uh, that we are back together here in Cambodia, I look forward to building uh, even stronger progress than we've already made. And I want to thank the Prime Minister of for Colombia's leadership and the ASEAN, ASEAN chair. <laughs> oh, the Prime Minister of Colombia. I don't even know if Colombia was involved in this uh, in this affair, but uh, he thanked them anyway. Thanked the uh, President of Colombia. Uh, but it is just uncomfortable. You'll see. We'll all see tonight, later today, when they break it down and analyze it. But he's just such an empty suit. It's sad. And he was gloating about his election day triumph, uh, which is still going on, by the way. It is a disgrace. It is an embarrassment to this country. Not just, I mean, there's lots of embarrassments to this country, having that guy. Uh, stand there and represent the U.S. against our biggest global adversary. President Xi is just laughing at him. They had a little uh, joint moment photo op where they shook hands for the cameras, and Xi stood there in the middle and made Biden come to him, crawl to him. It was not a good optic for our president. And again, there's big issues. I mean, if you had a real strong leader, a Trump, a DeSantis, they would, they would start with fentanyl. They would say, stop the fentanyl. They would start, next on the list would be COVID. Stop covering it up. Tell us how you created this in a lab. Uh, 
it just, I guess, you know, it's what the voters wanted. 81 million people voted for him. I think that's how many votes Katie Hobbs is going to get in Arizona when they're done looking for, for votes. But it was uh, obviously uh, not a good week for uh, Republicans, not a good week for the uh, red wave, which never materialized. And I guess we had questions. We had lots of questions in the last few weeks. And I think we have answers now, uh, starting with Katie Hobbs, the soon-to-be governor of Arizona, who refused to debate Katie, uh, Carrie Lake, refused to make any public appearances, take questions. She hid out. And you're saying, is she, I mean, I, I, I thought Carrie Lake was going to win in a route. So did most people, experts, polls. I just went over the polls. There's no poll that showed Katie Hobbs leading ever. I went over the, like the last two weeks and Carrie Lake had a pretty good lead. Most of the time she was up four in most of the polls, three, four, five in the final days. One poll had her up double digits. She's going to lose. They are going to steal it from her. I think I'm allowed to say that now. Aren't I allowed to say they're going to steal it from her without, uh, uh, without Pramag Agrawal <laughs> banning me or uh, suspending me from Twitter? Um, let's be honest. Everybody knows. Everybody knows this isn't on the level. We used to have elections where they declared a winner that day. We still do in some places. In, in Florida, which has 22 million people, they announced winners in five hours. Before you went to bed, you knew who won. In Nevada, which has three million people, Nevada has <laughs> Nevada has about the same amount of people as Miami-Dade County, and they're still counting. They're still looking for votes in Nevada. It's corruption to its core. And the amazing thing to me is when we listen to people like this election, whatever, supervisor in uh, in Arizona who keeps making uh, appearances on CNN and say, this is how it's supposed to be. This is the way it works. No, it's not. Why do we allow him to say that without jumping down? His, it, it's, it's one of two things. You say, this is a problem. It's an issue. It shouldn't be this way, but we're, uh, we have, there, there are reasons for it. You know, there are reasons this early voting, the law doesn't allow us to count the ballots of time or whatever. You could say, we have issues, we have to fix them and, and, and fix them eventually, you know, you fix them in the future, or you could say, this is how it's supposed to work. And you announce a winner that day, or maybe the next day, you can't say one week later, we're still counting ballots and this is how it's supposed to be. No, it isn't. I I've been, uh, I've, I've done the deep dive into the uh, election laws. I mean, I find this fascinating that we allow this, Everybody I've talked to the last, you know, four or five days, most friends of mine, not all are disappointed like I am. And they all say the same thing. We should have same day, election day, it should be over. One day voting, paper ballots. Well, of course you should. Of course that would uh, limit the, the, the fraud. But the Democrats don't want that. And when they're in charge, when they make the laws, you have a choice. You get your ass kicked or you learn to play their game. There are Two options here, people, two options. Either you control things like in Florida and you uh, and, and, and you eliminate things like 50 days of early voting or no voter ID. There's lots of states. Nevada has all this early voting. They have no voter ID laws. They have unlimited ballot harvesting. Of course, there's going to be fraud. I mean, <laughs> the law allows it. 
if you're in charge, you change the laws. If you're not in charge and you won't be in Nevada and uh, well, the uh, Republican governor, apparently he's going to win in Nevada, which is good. But in Arizona, you're going to have Carrie, uh, Carrie Lake's going to lose to Katie Hobbs, which is amazing. Katie Hobbs right now is the secretary of state. There are photos, videos of them counting the ballots and she's walking around the polling places overseeing the process. The woman who is going to, in a big upset, beat Carrie Lake and become the next governor. She didn't recuse herself. Obviously, the media has no problem with that because they're rooting for her. But think of how unethical that is on its face. The woman who is going to defeat Carrie Lake is overseeing the election, which is still going on six days later. I mean, if you if the media, people in the media, nationally, locally, whatever, had any integrity, any any ethics at all, they'd be screaming and kicking and saying, this is wrong. Of course it's wrong. We all know it's wrong. But their girl is going to win. Their team is going to win. So they have no problem with it. But there's just so, I mean, I'm, uh, here's an example. Here's an example. I'm looking at uh, uh, early voting, uh, just different election laws, early voting, ballot harvesting, no ID, all the things in these various states. Uh, um, let me get, let me get uh, Nevada up here. Um, well, how about, how about ballot harvesting? Is anyone going to tell me that is appropriate? That's le- It's legal. I know why they make it legal because it works for them. But when you think about it, it's, it's people going door to door, collecting ballots. Oh, here we got a picture. That's good. There's the picture. Ironhead just popped up there on the screen. If you're watching along, that's the next governor walking around overseeing the process of slow rolling these ballots of looking for votes for her. She's on the floor doing her job as secretary, secretary of state, making sure that she wins. <laughs> I mean, how is this allowed in a civilized country? This is banana Republic stuff. And uh, it's, and, and you know, it's not the biggest deal. It's Arizona. It's a, a governorship. It's not the Senate. It's not going to swing the, the majority of the Senate control of the Senate. That was when Blake masters lost to Mark Kelly, which is incredible. Same, same deal. They have, they, they, you know, they made the laws. There's I'm not accusing them of breaking the law. They're using the law like in, in Nevada, Nevada assembly passed legislation that allows the state to mail a ballot to every registered voter. And the bill allows third parties to collect ballots. All right. I'm going to make this so simple that even Ironhead's going to understand. Here's what they do in Nevada. They send everybody a ballot. Every eligible voter gets a ballot. Then the people who are too lazy to get off their asses to vote. And let's be honest, Democrats don't win without the lazy and apathetic. The lazy and apathetic are their base. Uh, They're legal. They're eligible. But these are people who wouldn't get off their ass to go down to the school or the city hall and vote on election day. They have, they don't care. I mean, they're stoned. They're, they're, they're you know, playing video games, watching TV, just whatever, eating little Debbie's. They don't care, you know, how and why they vote. The state sends them a ballot and then some Democrat activist knocks on their door. And it's easy because many of them are living in dorms or apartment buildings. They're not going from, you know, out to the rural areas where there's a farm every two miles. They don't do that. They stay in the cities. They stay on college campuses and they say, Hey, you know that ballot? They say, Oh yeah, there it is sitting there on your coffee table. 
you know, uh, next to your bottle of Yoo-Hoo and the, and the, and the plate you're, you're rolling up your dubs on that, that, that thing, that ballot. Could you just uh, hand that to me? Oh, oh, are you against abortion? Oh no, you're for, you want, well, you know, you support, uh, uh, unlimited abortion. Well, guess what? That's on the ballot. You got to vote for the Democrat. Okay, here it is. And they turn the ballot in, they go to the next apartment or the next dorm room. Uh, uh, anybody can go and collect the ballots in some States, some States, you have to be a family member or caregiver, but you can go in, in, in Nevada door to door, collect the ballots that were mailed out to them, tell them how to vote. Now that's not legal, but do you think they do it? The guy has a blank ballot sitting there on his uh, coffee table and you say, Hey, we're going to collect that. You don't want to, they're going to take away your right to abortion. You know, they're going to, whatever the, uh, yeah, you name it, any, any, they can make something up. Say they're going to, they're going to take away your welfare check, take away your free money for your student loan. Just check the box for the Democrat. So they, they do it. They hand it in. There's no limit to the amount of ballots that one third party can turn in. Who's going to tell me that that's appropriate, that that's legal. That's insane, but that's the law. So if it's a state controlled by Democrats, like New York, you're not going to change the law. You have to learn to play the game. If Republicans don't learn how to ballot harvest, if they don't learn to encourage their people to mail in their ballots, then they deserve to lose. You have idiots like Donald Trump telling people not to take advantage of mail-in balloting and vote on election day. That sounds great. I vote on election day. That's the way it should be. There should be one day in Pennsylvania. Now, I explained to you why Katie Hobbs was hiding. She knew she could game the system. She knew she had the advantage of, of ballot harvesting, of mail-in balloting, and she knew she would dominate that. She didn't have to debate. She just had to hide out and count on her people to collect the ballots from Democrat voters. Uh, in Pennsylvania, they had 50 days. I believe that's seven to seven seven weeks of early voting. When did Fetterman get up there and debate Oz two weeks before the election? If less, right. Yeah. So that that's five weeks. That's more than a month of early voting before they got to see that human vegetable. That was their nominee. He had most of the votes that he needed to win before they got to see him debate. Is anyone going to tell me that that's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that's fair, that that's honest, that's ethical. That's insane. That's insane. He also knew he had a great ground game. He knew, he knew it didn't matter that he has brain damage. It didn't matter that he was a Bernie bro who was going to shut down fracking and, and release criminals on the street and legalize drugs, that he was a complete radical. It didn't matter. Oz was not a good candidate. Don't get me wrong. It would have been better if Oz did not win the nomination. I mean, Oz lost by two points to this guy, despite the fact that he dominated. I believe more than half of his voters were early voters, early voters, meaning people who didn't see him on the debate stage or on the campaign trail. That's amazing. Amazing. Again, this had nothing. We, we wasted a lot of time. We, and lots of other people talking about policy, about issues, debates, talking about, whatever, fracking or fentanyl or the border. 
it wasn't about issues. It wasn't about policies. It was about getting out the vote, getting the lazy and apathetic to vote through mail-in balloting and ballot harvesting. These are people who would not normally vote. That guy, that cadaver, got 2.7 million votes. <laughs> Two, he got almost as many votes in Pennsylvania as people who live in Nevada. That is that that will forever be amazing to me. That will forever be mind-boggling. A guy who can't speak, a guy who accomplished nothing in his life, a guy who's never had a real job, simply put, the single worst candidate in American political history, he won. He won by like 300,000 votes. And it has that that's the number 1.1 million early votes for Fetterman. Early votes, and most of them never saw him debate, never saw him struggle to put a sentence together, never heard him say, hey, everybody, good night. (laughs) They never saw that. How is that? I mean, again, we do not have a real media. We don't have a real press. These people are corrupt. They're they're advocates and activists. They're not media people. They're not reporters. They're not journalists. But if we did have real journalists, they'd be saying, the system is insane. And again, again, I'm not saying it's illegal what they did. It's certainly unethical, but it's not illegal. They did what the law allowed them to do. And we have a choice, simple choice. Everyone wants to say, is it Trump or DeSantis? Is it Trump or McConnell? And we'll get to that. It's not. It's learn to play the rigged game or lose. Not everywhere. I mean, there are places, well, New Hampshire has no early voting. That's good. There are places, I think there's 32 states that require ID. Some don't require a photo ID. You can bring down like your library card. But that means 18 states do not require require ID at all, like Nevada. There's no ID. You just show up like Massachusetts. Just show up, tell them who you are. Cool, boom. That's a recipe for fraud. We all know that. Bob Barr, Robert Barr, whatever it is, Barr, said this famously... uh, William Barr, that uh, early uh, no ID and early voting is a recipe for fraud. And this is what you get. You get people who don't debate, people who have no grasp of the issues, people who can't even speak a sentence winning because the people voting for them don't care. They just want to say, I want to make sure we have abortion, abortion, abortion. And they hand it to the ballot harvester and they go back to their nap. That's what happened. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Last week, that's what's still happening. That's how Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and, and Adam Laxalt can lose or Dr. Oz or Fetterman can win. That's how. Not Everyone envisions people showing up, waiting in line, showing their ID, filling out their ballot. That's not how it works. Some stoner on his couch hands his ballot to the ballot harvester. The ballot harvester goes to the next apartment, fills his sack with ballots, and then dumps them at the uh, polling place. And what do you know? 78% favor the Democrat. That's, that's how it works. I probably should have seen it coming again. We wasted a lot of time talking about 
whatever, the southern border, the economy, uh, fentanyl. It, it wasn't about issues. It wasn't about policy. It wasn't about who voted. It was about who's counting or collecting the votes. Doesn't mean I'm not up for blaming Donald Trump because I am, as, as I did last week, and I'll continue to do. Um, I'll point out simply, he sucks, all right? Donald J. Trump sucks. I'm out. I'm done. Most, <laughs> lots of Trump people are out there, former Trump People are out. We're done. He is unhinged. He's, I mean, I knew he was a egomaniac. I never thought it was quite this, this, uh, I don't know, pathological. It's amazing that anybody could watch what happened. Any candidate, any politician, any celebrity could watch what happened last week and make it about him. I mean, this called for an autopsy. This called for an audit. How did we lose this? This is the one of the, 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 the this is uh, the best midterm for a sitting president in like, I forget, 30 years. Barack Obama lost 63 seats in his first midterm after being elected. Barack Obama wasn't nearly, I mean, he wasn't a good president, but he wasn't nearly the disaster that is Joe Biden. We have an unpopular president, a terrible, a terrible economy, an open Southern border crime in the streets, and they gain seats in the Senate. <laughs> it's not about, it's not a referendum on the sitting president. It's not a referendum on the economy. We thought it might be, it has been in the past, but things have changed. Laws have changed. COVID allowed them to change election laws. And if you change back, take some guts to change back. But if you do, you'll be accused of voter suppression and racism and transphobia and all the things we talked about last week. But uh, I, I cannot believe anybody is still in on Donald Trump, a guy who, and, and we went over it last week, the whole, the rant about DeSantis being a mediocre governor who locked his state down. You're going to try to beat DeSantis on COVID Donald Trump, who was a big fan of lockdowns, who criticized Sweden, who criticized Brian Kemp, for leaving, for opening up Georgia. That guy, that guy who who hitched his wagon to Dr. Fauci is going to attack DeSantis on COVID? Don't forget about the shot either. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's still bragging about the vaccine. Um, you can't, I mean, you want to do that, Donald, go for it. But uh, I, I said this last week, I don't know any Trump guy, Trump person who isn't done with him. No, nobody. Hell, Ironhead's Family, all big Trumpkins up there in New Hampshire, up there in the in the woods. They're all out on Trump, correct? They are. Had a big talk this weekend. It was kind of it was wild to hear because normally they're like, I ah, know it's this and this and this is what he means. Right. And now they're just like, screw that guy. That, that, I mean, I was with the biggest Trump uh, couple, good friend and his wife on Saturday night. They were the biggest Trump people. They went to rallies. They had the hats. He's got a boat with a Trump sticker on the back. He's like, he sucks. He sucks. People were hurt. They were pissed. They were disillusioned. And what did he do? He blamed the guy who was the one bright spot, Ron DeSantis, on election day. And the guy before that, last year, who was the one bright spot, Glenn Youngkin. And the Youngkin thing, we talked about the other day, saying his name sounds Chinese. I was watching on Twitter. There's still people defending and there's still, you know, pundits, you know, Mark Levin's and Dan Bongino's defending him. They, they like him. They're, they're in tight with the family. 
eventually they're all going to give up. Eventually they're all going to bail. Candace Owen bailed this weekend. She was a big Trump supporter. She said she's done. How can you not be? DeSantis is such the better candidate in so many ways, which we've gone over a million times. I'm done. I'm so done with Trump. You want to see if I'll I'll explain it too, but you can pop this up on screen. Donald Trump had over a hundred million dollars in the bank. He, he donated almost nothing to, to candidates, including his hand-picked candidates, Dr. Oz, Don, well, no, he, I think he helped Oz, but Don Bolduck, Blake Masters. This is a fundraiser for Donald Trump that they sent a fundraising letter, email. Check this out. Your contribution will benefit Save America Joint Fundraising Committee and Blake Masters for Senate. So you get this thing. You're a big Republican. You're a a right winger, you want Blake Masters to win. You like Donald Trump. You look at this thing and you say, oh, they want 45. Oh, I guess because he was 45, 45, $50, $100, 250, 500,000, 2000. And you select a number, say you got some dough and you want to donate 500 bucks. Look, look at the fine print. Donald Trump gets $99. Blake Masters gets $1. That's how much Donald Trump was behind his guy, Blake Masters in Arizona. $99 for Donald Trump, $1 for Blake Masters. Now, it's also true that Mitch McConnell shivved Blake Masters in the back. Mitch McConnell is scum. Absolute, an absolute piece of human garbage. He screwed over Blake Masters. He gave nothing to people that, you know, Trump guys who didn't bow to him, bend the knee to him. And worse, he gave money, took money from Blake Masters and gave it to a Linda, uh, Lisa Murkowski in uh, Alaska to defeat Kelly Chewbacca, a real Republican. I believe they're going to a runoff. But those were two Republicans running against each other. Actually, one rhino against one Republican, one ugly rhino against one uh, um, real Republican up in Alaska. And he liked Murkowski personally, and she supported him. So he took money from Blake Masters and gave it to Lisa Murkowski. He is scum. He sucks. He's to blame, but so is Donald Trump. Hell, uh, Trump, if, if Trump weren't involved, if he weren't heavily involved, if like Dr. Oz didn't win, David McCormick could have beaten uh, John Fetterman. Uh, you know, uh, Doug Mastriano, the gubernatorial candidate in Pennsylvania, as we talked about the other day, a terrible candidate who spoke at a QAnon rally a week before the primary. Wouldn't have won without Trump. Trump has taken credit for Glenn Youngkin winning in Virginia because he did a six minute robo call that nobody even heard. Uh, Youngkin didn't want to support. He did not embrace him. He won big win, great win, uh, knocked off Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. Trump took credit for that. (laughs) Trump Trump says he, he had 219 candidates that won of his candidates and like nine lost. The ones who won, most of them were just guys. He said, yeah, I'd support him. Like, like Chuck Grassley in Iowa. Like he takes credit for Chuck, 89-year-old Chuck Grassley winning like his 73rd term. Trump had nothing to do with that, but he takes credit for it like he takes credit for everything. He is a problem. He's not going away. He's running. He'll announce before. Oh, by the way, let's not forget his other hand-picked candidate, Herschel Walker, who's a terrible candidate. I hope he wins. I'm rooting for him. Doesn't really matter. It is too bad, isn't it, that it's not... I was hoping it would all be, you know, come down to Georgia, but apparently... Democrats, you know, they'd like that seat. They'll probably get that seat, but they're not going to depend on it. They're not going to rely on it. And Trump, 
will announce his candidacy, overshadow Walker. If he goes to Georgia, it'll all be about Trump, Trump, Trump. It will be not will not be about Herschel Walker. The only the best chance Walker has is to keep Trump away and bring in DeSantis and Youngkin and and Kelly Britton and have them do a rally and not Trump. But that won't work because Trump will want to be there and they'll make it all about him and Walker will lose. And I don't really care because it doesn't the Senate doesn't depend on it. But you could have had a real, a good candidate, a real conservative who can actually, you know, speak a complete sentence in, in Georgia and maybe win that seat. But Trump will, uh, will blow it again. He's, he's costing the, uh, the Republicans bigly right now. And it's a shame the day before his daughter's wedding, he was tweeting out incoherent rants about Glenn Youngkin and, and Ron DeSantis, two of the stars, the two biggest stars in the party. So I will keep it simple. Trump sucks. Mitch McConnell sucks. Election laws suck. They, every, we, have, we have to change all of the above. If you can't change the law, you got to play the game and learn how it's done. Learn how they do it. Any minute now, Kerry Lake is going to be, he's going to lose. They're going to declare Katie Hobbs the winner in uh, Arizona. Uh, the longer it goes, the less faith I have. The longer it goes, the better chance, the bigger chance. They have to cheat, to steal, to uh, rig the game. Just don't call it election denying. Just, you know, it's amazing. We're, the longer it takes, the less faith people have in elections. But if you express that, you know, your lack of faith in the election, you're the problem. They can take six days to count ballots. And if you ask, what the hell are they doing? You're the election denier. Our own president will go overseas in front of the world and call you a threat to democracy. It's disgusting. Of course, you should question elections. Of course, we have a reason to lack faith in, in, in democracy when they're taking six days to do a job that should take one day. It's, it's a shame. It's a sad commentary on the state of the country right now. But, uh, we shall move on. We got to get to this. Talk about a sad state of uh, in this country. Um, if you missed it over the weekend, there was a feud. There's a feud brewing. It's a good one, I guess. I know which side I'm on. But uh, Elon Musk, the uh, his uh, his takeover of uh, of Twitter is complete. He's running the place. He's laying off some of the some of the frauds and the dead wood. Uh, others are quitting because he's making them come to work. He did two things last week with his new $44 billion acquisition, which was losing a million dollars a day. He, well, he did more than two things, did a lot of things, but two big things of note. He um, laid off, you know, two thirds of the company, which is good. Clearly they had to do something clearly like lots of big tech companies like Facebook. It's okay when Mark Zuckerberg does it, you know, cause he's, Gives, he helps rig elections for Democrats, but he laid off two thirds of the company and he got rid of the free food. They were given, we, we showed you the tour of the uh, Twitter headquarters a couple of weeks ago where they have unlimited, you know, lattes and they have food and they have yoga and they have meditation rooms. It's so, I mean, it's, it's a joke. It looks like some kind of palace where these people work. Most of them didn't come to work though. They work from home. But when they did come before COVID and, and when they did come, some of them came after COVID, they get to eat free. He got rid of the free food, which according to uh, some in the media, it means he's trying to starve people out at the, uh, at the office. This is amazing. 
Uh, do you have that tweet from uh, this Democrat activist who said uh, Twitter, what did he say? He, he, he fired three quarters of the employees. Now he's planning to starve the rest of them. He's failure incarnate, failure incarnate, because he's making employees pay for their own lunch. Probably, what do you get? The, the average employee at Twitter probably makes 200 grand out there in San Francisco. You know, they have all have, you know, whatever graduate degrees and, and whatever computer, this a computer that. This guy's name is Andrew Wortman, a Democrat activist. He's trying to starve them to death by making them pay for their own lunches. I love Musk right now. I love him. I'm not going to say it's going to last, but right now I love him because he's driving all the right people nuts. That's how I judge people on their enemies. And he has a new enemy, a really high profile enemy. And that would be Mr. Frosty himself, Ed Markey. I won't say Ed Markey's never had a real job because he has, he was an ice cream man. That's the last real job he had. He was an ice cream man. He had the truck, the bell, the whole deal drove around, you know, Revere beach selling, uh, Nutty Buddies. What's your favorite? What was your favorite from the Ice Cream Man, Ironhead? I was a Nutty Buddy guy. Um, I'm a big fan I of the uh, Frozen Snickers. Toasted Almond. Those are my favorite. Toasted Almond. I didn't, you know, I didn't get to start, you know, run after the Ice Cream Man often. My uh, my father would say, you know, there's some hoodsies in the freezer. <laughs> you, know, you don't need a you don't need to waste money on a Toasted Almond from Ed Markey. But Ed Markey. Check this out. Just try to just, uh, I'm going to, I think I have it right. Let me try to tell this story about what a, what a, just a clown my junior Senator is. I, we understand Ed Markey's not very bright. Ed Markey thinks the world is going to end because of cow farts. He's just not a smart man, but he's a Democrat from Massachusetts. So we, uh, uh, we send him to the Senate every six or we send him to the Senate and he'll, he'll be there till he dies. He, he uh, collaborates with a reporter, I believe a Washington Post reporter. The Washington Post reporter teaming up with Markey creates a fake Twitter account imitating Markey because you could do that. You know, you can create accounts. People do it all the time. There's fake Adam Schefter's and fake uh, Elon Musk's. There's, there was fake Jerry Callahan once upon a time. I know that because activists because an insane activist took the tweets that the fake Jerry Callahan wrote and sent them to advertisers and said, look what Callahan's tweeting. And we would explain, those are fake. That's not me. That's a, a, an imposter. But it didn't matter. The damage was done. That's how it works in Democrat activist circles. So they create this fake Ed Markey. And this is to show some flaw. This is amazing. This is amazing when you think about it. The, 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 the media in this country, the, the mainstream media is so broken. The Washington press corps is so broken. They're so corrupt. They're so dishonest. I know I'm repeating myself, but here's another example. Ed Markey tweets, a Washington Post reporter was able to create a verified account impersonating me. I'm asking for answers from Elon Musk, who is putting profits over people and... His debt over stopping disinformation. Twitter must explain how this happened and how to prevent it from happening again. This is a senator coordinating with a reporter, quote unquote, and accusing Musk of allowing disinformation 
that he and the reporter sent out on purpose. <sighs> the, 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 the media sucks, honest to God. Musk's response was perfect. He writes, perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. <laughs> and it does. Mark, he's so stupid. He's just, he's a child. He's just, he's, he's you know, he's a 75-year-old Greta Thunberg is what he is. And uh, Musk takes a shot back at him. And what happens now? What happens now? The media says, boy, Musk is in trouble now. He's messing with a U.S. senator. Senators have a lot of ways to get you back. And I'm going, what? So a senator is threatening to use the federal government to go after a private citizen, a taxpayer, indeed the single biggest taxpayer in America, the single greatest entrepreneur, the guy who created Tesla, who created SpaceX, who employs 110,000 people. That guy, this worthless senator from this silly-ass state we live in, is threatening to use the federal powers of, of his office, the power of the federal government to go after him. And what does the media do? Says, Oh, we're here for it. This is going to be fun. What? Listen to what did, did you just hear me? Did, 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 did you hear me people? Did you hear what I just said? A federal, a federal employee, a fed, a Senator is, is, is threatening to go after a private citizen and the media is cheering applauding. Here is uh, Sam Stein from Politico and MSNBC. So not a journalist, but he pretends to be. (laughs) He tweets out, always risky to attack members of Congress, especially risky with Dems assured of Senate power. Curious play here by Musk. He has many interests before Congress. So the guy just says they're coming after him and it's his fault for joking about a senator on uh, on Twitter. That is just that is just mind-boggling. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of them. The whole bunch of journalists say, oh, you're messing with the wrong guy. He's a senator. He's going to get you. He's going to get you? These people are shameless. These people are disgusting. This is so, this is <sighs> good for Musk. Keep going, Elon. Keep mocking them. They're going to get you, but, you know, you are the richest man in the world. He's trying to make Twitter a platform for free speech. He's trying to make money. He's trying to pay his taxes. And they're mocking and ridiculing him because he, I'll I'll say this. I know I have to move here. We got so much to get to, but so I'm driving, I had a long drive yesterday and I'm listening to uh, Howard Stern. I was hoping to hear the Springsteen interview, which I was told wasn't so good, but anyway, he, he didn't play it, but he's talking about Twitter. And he is ranting and raving about how they have to moderate content and how we can't make it a platform for hate speech. And you can't allow people to use the N word, Howard Stern. Mm. I realize he's, he's a fraud. He's a sellout. He's, 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 he's pathetic, but Howard Stern is calling for Musk to moderate content and make sure people don't use the N word, a word he used over and over spoke freely, used the N-word, the F-slur for years and years and years. And now he's saying, oh, uh, he better be careful. We can't have all that free speech going around on the internet. People have lost their minds. It's a very frightening time in America. Howard Stern and most of the mainstream media is asking, is, is lamenting 
the guy turning Twitter into a free speech platform, calling for more moderation, more censorship, more bans, more suspensions. That's the media. That's Howard Stern. That's the point we've reached. The people who used to be the biggest advocates for free speech are now calling for censorship. It's truly frightening and disgusting, but I guess we can get to, uh, uh, to the big champion of free speech, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is Howard Stern. If you're watching along, Howard Stern with Sherman Hemsley. If you ever wonder why Howard Stern sold out, it wasn't just for the money. It was for the protection. It's a protection racket. It's like paying the mob. So your nice little uh, restaurant doesn't burn down. Howard Stern did more incredibly offensive things than anybody in history. Here he is in blackface with big lips pretending to be Whoopi Goldberg. And he used the N word. He spoke with this Amos and Andy dialect and he and Sherman Hemsley used the N word and everything else that's out there. That's in that's, that's available. Ironhead found it in two seconds. And he knows if he teams up with the mainstream media, if he if the if he's on the cancel side of cancel culture, he can survive. Same as Jimmy Kimmel, same as uh, as David Portnoy. I mean, certain people know that they have to take a side, or they're going to get destroyed, and they do it, and they do it shamelessly. It's unbelievable. But let's get to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll do Dave Chappelle. Okay, Ironhead, you with me? Sounds good to me. Uh, uh, all right, this this was the long away. Well, I should say long awaited, but the much anticipated Chappelle appearance. And I'd like to say it didn't didn't disappoint, but it did. I I watched it a second time, and I counted how many times I laughed. Guess three, zero, oh. zero. I, I'm not saying it was bad, but he wasn't like looking for for laughs. It was weird. It was weird. I'll say this: it was awkward and strange. We we got some of the highlights and. Uh, some of the cuts, and uh, I'll give you my grade, but first let me do Shea. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shay, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. I, I like the way Chappelle started when he read this little disclaimer. Do you have that? Yep. Like he comes out on stage, got this badass black leather jacket. And uh, he pulls out a piece of paper and reads a statement. Go ahead, play it. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, but before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. <laughs> I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. 
and I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy yourself some time. I'm looking at you, Iron Head. You're not laughing. I've watched it like five times at this point. I didn't like <laughs> I mean, that. I, I didn't like that part. That was like a prop crap that he's There were some guffaws, to. some chuckles, but he's not hilarious. You know what I mean? It's thought provoking. It's edgy and it is dangerous. I'll say this. His goal when he takes the stage is to go to the edge, sometimes over it and to, and to almost taunt, you know, the, his, his enemies to, to cancel him. He is, too big to cancel. He's very, uh, I should say powerful. He's just, he's just too big. It's, it's not that easy to cancel him and he knows it and he goes out there and he taunts them. And that I appreciate for that. I applaud him. I will watch him. I like him. There's again, it's not like, I mean, some comedians used to you know, or laugh out like, uh, I don't know, Bill Burr. There's more laughs with Bill Burr. Just, he likes to go to the edge too and tweak people, but I wish uh, yeah. I wish his statement was about trans people. That would have been more on brand. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that because if you missed it, it the whole thing is uh, I forget, it's pretty long. It's a long monologue, and it's all about the Jews. In fact, he says that there's two words you cannot put together: the and Jews. <laughs> well, maybe there's a reason for that. He actually talks about how there's so many Jews in Hollywood. This was a monologue about Jews controlling Hollywood. And by the way, a bizarre uh, detour into, into Trump and why Trump is appealing to Ohio voters where he lives. And the story he tells is about the Trump-Hillary debate. I, I don't want to play it now. Uh, he tells a story about Trump being remarkably candid during the debate with Hillary. And I mean, I looked it up. That's... One, two, six years ago, more than six years. Seven, yeah. He's telling a Trump story from six years ago on the week where Trump had the most bizarre reaction to the election, the most insane rant about Yunkin and uh, DeSantis. And he's telling a story from six years ago. You know what that is? That's lazy. That was a lazy Trump uh, riff. But. Most of the thing was about Jews and growing up with Jews and how they look and how they, you know, was hanging out with them. And very strange. I, I mean, you're talking about the end of a week where obviously Joe Biden continued to embarrass the country in so many ways. You got elections, you got, you know, all kinds of scandals with the Biden administration, you know, Hunter Biden There's so many relevant things. And you're talking about anti-Semitism and Trump versus Hillary it just, it didn't seem all that relevant. I understand Kyrie and, uh, and Kanye had some anti-Semitic things and, but you're going to defend that. You're going to defend, you know, them talking about the Jews. And then, you know what he did? He talked about the Jews and he actually does this thing where he says, don't, if you're Jewish, don't blame, you know, so I, I don't know, you could play it. Don't blame black, black Americans for your problems. Can you play that? Yeah, let me pull it. I have the other one pulled up. Hold on. I mean, who, since what, what Jewish people are blaming black Americans for their problems? And did I miss that? Go ahead, play it. Show on the post and nothing like that. But apparently this movie had some, I don't know, anti-Semitic tropes or something. And it was some weird title, like from Hebrew to Negro or something. <laughs> and the NBA told me you should apologize. And he was 
slow to apologize. And then the list of demands to get back in their good graces got longer and longer. And this, this is where, you know, I draw the line. I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but, 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 but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just, you just can't. You know what I mean? Thanks for the one person that said me. Boy, did that fall flat. I mean, list of demands for Kyrie, I, I mean, that's a Jewish thing? I mean, I, I guess Adam Silver, I, mean, he's, he's, I guess he's Jewish. The owner of the team's not Jewish. Um, the media is not all Jewish people. I didn't think there was a Jewish. I mean, he, he said he promoted the anti-Semitic film. If you want to defend him, say, hey, Jeff Bezos didn't have to apologize. He's the one selling the film. Uh, and, you know, I don't think Kyrie even saw the damn movie. It was just a dumb Instagram post. And uh, it is, you know, making demands and go to sensitivity training or whatever. You want to rail against that? Fine. But what Jewish person is blaming black Americans for their problem? Where did that come from? Uh, it was just weird. And it wasn't, I mean, he summed up his career. I think this was the, uh, yeah, he, he was talking right after he talked about Jews controlling Hollywood. And he said, this was, this is summing up Dave Chappelle's appeal. And again, it's not funny, but it's thought provoking. He says, that is, that is a crazy that is not a crazy thing to think that Jews control Hollywood. Not a crazy thing to think, but it is a crazy thing to say out loud. I don't know if you have that, but he gets a big applause for that. And I understand why. That's kind of what Chappelle does. He says things out loud that people think, but they don't. They're hesitant to say out loud because they don't have his kind of power and they would get canceled and they would get banned and they would get ruined. They can think it, but they can't say it. But that means to me that he thinks that, and I guess he knows better than I do. I don't know, like, who controls Hollywood. I didn't check to see their, you know, whatever their, their, their 23 and me or their whatever their, their heritage, see where they all came from. But he says Jews control Hollywood, and he says that's not a crazy thing to think. Well, then tell me why that's a problem. Isn't that the next logical step? Why? Do you have a problem with Jews controlling Hollywood, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to hear that? Why, Dave Chappelle, tell me. You think Jews control Hollywood. Okay, what are they doing? Are they discriminating against whatever black, against anybody? Well, I, I didn't find it. I didn't see the significance, the relevance to talking about Jews controlling Hollywood. But go ahead, play some more. Uh, this is uh, leading up to uh, the Kyrie thing. It's more on that. Big deal. He had broken the show business rules. Is this a rule? You know, the rules of perception. If, if they're black, then it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob. But if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence and he should never speak about it. <laughs> Kanye got in so much trouble, Kyrie got in trouble. You're laughing. Well, good. You're laughing. I mean, his whole thing was smiling. defending two guys who said and did anti-Semitic things and then talking about Jews controlling Hollywood. Very strange. But he did finish up with a whole thing about free speech and you should never be afraid to say things. It shouldn't be dangerous to say things. I like when he goes there mm -hmm. 
Half the reason for his appeal is his delivery and his facial expressions and his timing. He's great at that. And I give him credit. I like the comedians who, instead of just looking for the funny, goofy joke, and he certainly would never, you know, make jokes about, you know, people talking on their cell phones and walking into polls or airline food or some of the things that you hear from uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, whatever his freaking name is, <laughs> most overrated comedian ever. Who, who says nothing dangerous, who says nothing risky. I like, I prefer this kind of comedian. You don't want to hear, you don't want to hear a comedian talk about bunt cakes for his neighbors. Talk about, you know, the guy in the treadmill next to you, he's running really fast. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's just fluff. It's just cotton candy with Sebastian. What's his face. I like comedians who, who go there, go to the edge, go to the dangerous places. I just thought a whole long monologue about Jews was strange, especially with all the other opportunities he had to talk about Bill, make fun of Trump for what he did last week. Not what he did six years ago. Make fun of whoever you want. Make fun of, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson. If you want, there's lots of relevant people in the news. I don't think Trump and Hillary debating six years ago or Jews controlling Hollywood was, was all that relevant. But anyway, we got to move. We got to move. We got to move. Lots of, uh, Tom Brady news, or should I say, oh, what do we got? Do we have uh, Biden in uh, Indonesia? This is an apparent gaffe. I haven't heard it yet. Oh, we haven't heard it. We're turning this around quickly. Biden is uh, stumbling around Indonesia with, uh, oh, and by the way, you know, he didn't talk about fentanyl or uh, or COVID, but you know what he did talk? Climate change. Thank God. God, I, I, I can't take this much more. Just going around the world talking about how we have to spend billions and trillions to stop climate change. Just such nonsense, but let's hear what he did today on the world stage. Um, uh, I can't have trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, Natanya Bose. Oh, God. Forget the the gaffes. Gaffes aside. Jesus. Has there ever been a guy who, who, I mean, you go on the, we know what people are watching for is deterrence. Will he, will he exude, you know, power and, and deter China from making a move on Taiwan? If they're just watching that guy, I mean, he exudes weakness and just frailness and just old age. I mean, that guy couldn't deter anyone from anything, even when he's not, babbling, stumbling, bubbling, just sounds so old and weak. It's like, he sounds like some aging monarch, you know, like Queen Elizabeth, who was 110. That's our president, an aging monarch who we can't seem to get rid of because, you know, his bloodlines, he's royalty. And he's out there going, oh, I have trouble, really. Let's go to my go, What? Wake the hell up. God, it's uncomfortable. All right, on to Brady. Big news on Tom Brady. He goes to Germany, becomes the first guy to win in four different countries. He's won in uh, Germany, England, Mexico, and I can't remember the fourth one, but he's uh, he gets the win over Seattle, smokes them, and uh, was uh, he had a great time afterwards, talked about how much fun it was in Germany. I guess maybe he didn't find out at that point that his wife, soon to be ex-wife, was uh, bopping the uh, the jujitsu instructor. We have to, we have the uh, 
We have, let me get this up here. Uh, what's the guy's name? Neiman Marcus or something. Yeah. It's, uh, some, some, it's definitely better. I got it. I got it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Here it is. Giselle Bunchen has a new man. This is according to page six in the New York post, a new man in her life after a divorce from Brady stepping out with jujitsu instructor, Joaquin Valente. She was seen, she was with uh, their kids, their two kids, Benjamin and uh, Vivian. That's a red flag. They, the duo grabbed a bite to eat at Koji in Provincia de Puntaranas. Where the hell is that? Costa Rica. Rica. Yeah. So she took her boyfriend or jujitsu guy to their big estate in Costa Rica. Does that mean they're sleeping in the same bed? Tom and Giselle's bed? That's got to hurt. Mm-hmm. But hey, this answers the question. Why did they split up now? And everyone says, oh, it's because he wanted to play. No, no, no. She had someone else in her heart. That's always my theory. When two people break up, there's always a third party involved. They might not be actively slipping them, but they are thinking about them. Their heart, their head, their mind, they wander off and they lose, they lose the love, man. So she has left Tom. She left him spiritually before they actually signed any papers and took off with Joaquin Valente, her jujitsu instructor. There he is. There's his picture. He's a good looking dude. I'm shocked. I really thought he was going to look like, you know, young Ned Beatty, but he doesn't. He looks like some kind of Hollywood. Oh, he's got, is he hugging one of the kids right there? They're playing. Ooh, that's going to hurt, Tommy. Tommy, good. get going, man. Paige Spiranak. Am I saying her last name correctly? Sp- Paige Spiranak. Spiranak. Tommy, get going. Paige Spiranak. Call her. Call her. Brandy Love has reached out to Tom. She wants to hook up, but I don't think he's reached that point. I but I think Paige Sporanic, that'd be a good bounce back. Or go with my girl, uh, Ellen Nordegren. Nordegren. Uh, whatever, whatever. you got to get moving, Tommy. Your, your, your wife has already moved on. Game of the century yesterday, Vikings at Buffalo. This was just the most amazing football game I think I've ever seen. Why not? You know, best game I've ever seen. And if you're a Patriots fan, it is good for you because, man, the Bills – Blew another one. They just lost two in a row. There's Paige Spernak. That's your bounce back girl, Tommy. Give her a call. Hell with this jujitsu instructor. <laughs> I guarantee you Paige will do things that Giselle never really wanted to do. You know, you can, you can count on that. Fill out clothes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is amazing. Uh, Josh Allen throws two red zone picks in fourth quarter at overtime fumbles at the goal line. That was the most unreal. I think that's the second time I forget the condition, the final minute kneel down at the goal line. The second time in NFL history that's happened. He fumbles the snap. Everyone was saying they should take a safety or punt or whatever, but no, didn't even get to that point. He fumbles the snap. Minnesota recovers. They score. He brings his team down back for a tying field goal. And then he chokes in overtime. I love Josh Allen. I love watching him play. He's the greatest guy to just sit down and watch. He's a lot of fun. But, man, he tries to do too much. He tried to. I think he's thrown four red zone picks in the last two weeks because he tries to do too much. Tom Brady's thrown zero red zone picks since he's gotten to Tampa. That's three seasons. 
In the last two weeks, Josh Allen's thrown four red zone picks and fumbled at the goal line. And he takes um, monster hits when he goes and he doesn't slide. He does. He's, and that's the, the hope you have if you're uh, in the AFC or the AFC East is that he just keeps either taking too many chances or getting hit too often. They are now, I think, one game up on the Patriots in the standings, tied with the Jets, trailing the Dolphins. The division is good for once, and the Patriots are in last place, and right now, if the season ended, they'd be in the playoffs. <laughs> they're five and four, and they'd be in the playoffs if the season ended, and they're in last place. How bizarre is that? But what a game! I will say this: the Vikings, man, they're the Kevin O'Connell is coach of the year. The Vikings go on the road and win again. They're eight and one, or is it? Yeah, eight and one. And Justin Jefferson's the best player in the NFL. So good. He is so good. He's so tough. They know it's going to him and they can't stop him. He made the catch of the year. He's clutch. He catches the ball in the goal line at the end zone. He can run after the catch. He's, he's, he's fearless. You see these comparisons to other receivers, and it's always like first time since Randy Moss because he's a Viking. Moss never did the things Justin did. He never went up in traffic and like fought out. He wasn't a fighter. He was a speedster. He had great hands. He could break away and, and get open better than anyone. But this guy's covered, and he goes up and outfights the defense, defenders for the ball. He is a blast to watch. And uh, watch, I mean, obviously the Eagles are undefeated, but, man, the Vikings are tough, and they are good. And, and, and Cousins sometimes just throws it in his vicinity. Well, yeah, watch this. Just throws it. He's totally covered this four, one, two, three, four, five bills around him. And he goes up and makes the greatest catch you will ever see. The slow-mo does not make sense how it's stuck there. Well, look at this. Goes up, plucks it away from the defender. The defender who should have tried to knock it down instead of catch it. And pulls it away and makes the catch. There are things he does that if they didn't have replay, we wouldn't believe them. You know, you'd say that couldn't have been a catch. But you go to replay and you go, holy crap, he caught it. He's so freaking good. And Kirk Cousins was like accurate as hell uh, yesterday. See, Cousins is the perfect QB for him because he knows it. And sometimes he just throws it in the air and says, you make the play. You know, you beat the defender. He he takes chances, but he's taking them when he's thrown it to to number 18 there. And uh, Josh Allen does dumb things. I still love him. I I love watching him play. I, I look forward to him in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl. He's tough as hell. He runs like hell. But. Man, did he do some really, really dumb things yesterday. And the Dolphins are rolling, man. The Dolphins are uh, clicking. I don't think they regret right now not hiring Brian, Brian Flores. Just my, my take. But, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> what a game. What a, what a, what a, that was just the most riveting red zone, let's mm, say two hours of, of red zone I think I've ever seen. Green Bay knocks off Dallas oh. in OT and Green Bay. They're still alive. I should have been that three and one this weekend. I should have been. Dallas screwed should have me. Been. Two and two. That's what you went two and two. Yeah, Dallas was up that's fourteen. That's an amazing performance by you, Ironhead. You didn't have a losing record. It's the first time this year. Uh, may, I think yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I, you want to know the most shocking outcome I think I've seen all year, at least uh, maybe the last few years, is the Colts winning in Jeff Saturday's debut, beating the Ra- Raiders. 
As of right now, Josh McDaniel still has a job, not for long. He is a dismal failure as a head coach. You lose to the Colts who are totally in disarray, make a QB change like 10 minutes before the game, have some guy walk out of the TV booth like three days ago and coach them, and you lose to that team. Josh McDaniels is a terrible head coach, but uh, any minute now, he'll be be out of a job. They should bring back John Gruden. Bring him back. He apologized. Yeah. He won't do it again. Bring Gruden back. That'd be good for the league. You don't think they're going to let just McDaniels ride it out? No. Nah, well, maybe, but he's you know he's a dead man walking. He's he's not a good coach. What well, can you say? They went they, they went they into the Devontae. season saying they were going to overhaul the offense and everything. You got to kind of let. Yeah, them they got Devontae Adams and boy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers misses him, and mm. Derek Carr's the biggest tease. He looks, but he's good. He looks great. He looks like he knows what he's doing out there. McDonald McDaniel is supposed to be this offensive guru. He better start guruing because he is his days are numbered. But anyway, we got to wrap this up. It was a good. It was a good bye week for uh, Patriot fans. Just sit back and watch the Bills blow it in epic in an epic way. Man, it was amazing. But uh, big, big Monday. We'll uh, we'll be watching the fallout from Biden's uh, embarrassing performance on the international stage. And we'll be here to take our lumps when our girl Carrie Lake gets robbed of the governorship of Arizona. What's her next step? She's great on TV, man. She could be a TV star. She should be on Fox like tomorrow. Fox News, give her her own show. Let her just go nuts. But uh, they're going to do it. They're going to rob her. And uh, they knew it. They knew before Election Day that they had this one in the bag. They knew it in Pennsylvania and they knew it in Nevada and they knew it in Arizona. That's the state of our elections. These elections, they're over before Election Day. The Republicans have to wake up and play that game or just continue to take our lumps. But at least it looks like Nancy Pelosi is out of a job. That is a good thing. I like to look at the bright side. Goodbye, Nancy. Farewell, Nancy. Uh, Republicans are going to eke out the House. I think it's still time to steal it, but it looks like we're going to take the House and she is uh, going to have to stagger off, stumble off into the sunset, which is a good thing. But that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening and commenting. Lots of comments. David Carr's, it's not David Carr. It's uh, Derek Carr and he is weeping openly, says Rich. That's true. He was crying and I don't blame him. You lose that game to the Colts, you should be weeping, and you're going to lose your coach soon. But uh, anyway, thanks, everyone. You two, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.